Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. If you didn't already know, I've been doing weekly live audits on Clubhouse with my branding friend, Bianca of Branding with B. I'll stick a link to her website in the show notes. Brave souls come up on stage and have us review their website and Instagram profiles, and we give them tips and tricks to improve their performance. Funny enough, we find ourselves saying a lot of the same things over and over, so I thought I'd put them together in a podcast episode for you. So here we go. 10 random tips to improve your e-commerce business. Let's get started with Instagram, and we're going to work our way top down. First up is your profile photo. Now, when you look at my profile, you'll see that I have a photo of me, and that makes sense because I'm a service provider. When someone is going to hire me, they're investing in me. But for you as a product-based business, even if you are the face of your brand, you're best represented by using your logo as the profile photo. Yes, some product-based businesses opt to use a photo of their product or even a behind the scenes of your product being created, but the main issue with that is it's not recognizable. One of the most important roles branding plays in business is for you to be recognizable, and that's why you'll see me always using the black heart and lightning bolt emojis, and I use a lightning bolt in my logo as well. So for you as a product-based business, it makes the most sense to use your logo so that as soon as someone sees your profile or a post in their feed, they know that it's from you. The trick here is you have to make sure that your logo is actually readable. So if you only have a horizontal version of your logo, you know, written out in text, you're going to want a submark, which is just a version of your logo that works in small spaces. You'll usually see the text stacked or even written out in a circle. Next up is the name field. This is the bold text that appears right under your profile photo. This text on Instagram is searchable, so you'll want to optimize this to include keywords that your ideal customer will be searching on Instagram to find a product like yours. Most product-based businesses tend to put their brand name in here, but if you already have that as your handle, you don't need to repeat it. Now, if you're some huge company with crazy brand recognition, that's one thing. But if you're using Instagram to find new customers, you're going to want to make sure this bit of text is optimized for new customers to find you. You've only got 30 characters to work with here, so make them count. Oh, and fun fact, I'm pretty sure some emojis count as more than one character. So for instance, if you sell blue light glasses or luxury loungewear, you'll want those keywords in your name field. Next up are your highlights. 
I'll admit I'm terrible at updating these on my own profile, but people do go through and watch them. So in addition to having cute highlight covers that match your brand, you'll want to be intentional about the content you add to them. And a quick note about the covers. Because you have the text underneath them, don't waste that visual space by repeating the titles on the highlight cover. Plus, it's super hard to read anyway. Instead, use icons in your brand colors to make them pop and draw the eyes of your profile visitors to them. Make sure you include things like behind the scenes, customer reviews, and product features. One last note about Instagram before we move to the website things is the guide section. Have you played around with these yet? Instagram guides are a place where you can create a collection of posts from all the different areas of Instagram and put them in one place. I don't have any insight into how often Instagram users actually look through these, but each guide generates its own URL, so it can be used on other platforms, even an email, if you want to send your followers to a specific place for specific information. For instance, maybe you created a bunch of content around some of your products and how to use them. You could create a guide for each one of your products and then direct your followers to go look at the guide and see all the posts in one place. This is just one more feature Instagram gives us to help get more life out of all of those kick-ass posts you create. Now, when it comes to content like that, you know, how-tos about your product, I would rather see it on your website, of course, but the guide is likely faster to get started since all the content already exists on Instagram. All right, so that isn't a full lesson on how to get the most out of Insta, but like I mentioned, they were the things Bianca and I found ourselves repeating a lot, so hopefully you learned something new today. Let's talk about some quick website optimization tips. First things first, I want you to go browse your website in incognito mode and make sure you don't have any rogue pop-ups showing up on your website that you weren't aware of. It's really important you do this in private browsing because it's possible there's a pop-up you don't see because you're already on the list or you've closed it out in the past. Using the private browsing window means the website won't be able to read any of the cookies on your site and you'll see your site like a new visitor would. Another thing to look out for is the timing of your pop-ups, especially if you're using both an exit intent and a pop-up that shows up when someone first lands on your site. This is most important on mobile since exit intent is a little iffy because there's no movement of a mouse. I was on a website in one of these live audits and the exit intent and regular pop-up showed one right on top of each other. To combat this, you may have to play with the delay of the pop-up a little bit. You'll also want to look out for live chat bubbles. Sometimes these pop up when a user first lands on your site, inviting them to chat with you and can cover up other important parts of the page, especially on smaller mobile screens. So let's talk about your homepage. This is where most of your traffic is going to land, and it's the first impression your site makes to a visitor. If you haven't already, I recommend you install a heat mapping software like Lucky Orange or Hotjar. This will let you watch the behavior of shoppers on your site. You'll be able to see where they click, how far down they scroll, etc. The advice I'm going to give you today is based on best practices and patterns I've seen across multiple websites, but the 
only way to truly know what's going to work for you is to watch the behavior on your own site. So first, I want to talk about above-the-fold content. This is what will show to a user before they ever have to scroll. It's prime real estate on your website, so you'll want to make sure you have your most important information at the top. Most websites typically have a banner at the top, which is fine. Just make sure it doesn't take up the entire screen. Adjust the height if you can so the user can clearly see that there is additional content below the banner and they're encouraged to scroll. Lots of people will ask whether they should have a static banner or a carousel. Honestly, it just depends and your best bet is to test it. Whichever way you go, make sure you're including the most important collections or features up there. You'll definitely want to swap this out for big holidays and new collections. For the rest of your homepage, you'll want to feature important collections or even specific products, depending upon your business. The smaller your assortment, the more specific you can get. For instance, a client I worked with has about 10 SKUs in her assortment across two product types. One of those products is very unique and is her overall bestseller, so we featured that product right on the homepage. You could even add product carousels for some of your top-selling collections with your top-selling items in that category. How you end up doing this is going to depend on your business, but make it really easy for the customer to get where they need to go. That's the point of this. Also on the homepage, you'll want to put some actual text talking about your business. Tell the people what you sell and who you sell it to. This is good not only for the new customer who wants to learn more about you, but it's also good for SEO and helping search engines understand what your website is all about. And next is to get some social proof on your homepage. If you're using a review platform like Yotpo, you can embed a widget on your homepage that updates with the latest reviews. At a minimum, just adding in a few customer testimonials works here too. It doesn't have to be overly fancy. And then my last tip for this episode is to optimize your navigation. To do this well, you have to first think about how someone would shop for your product and how they can be naturally categorized. Now, of course, if you have a small catalog, you can put your few collections under one shop tab and skip the next minute or so of this episode. But if you have a wide assortment, you're going to want to spend a little bit more time on this. There has also been some debate on whether or not mega menus are a good thing and how they affect conversion. I'll say that's a fair question, but in my experience, it has not had a significant negative effect. And in fact, we saw more variety in the items being purchased because customers actually knew they existed. For instance, I worked with a client that sells custom bridesmaids gifts, you know, drink tumblers, wooden hangers, robes, and makeup bags that can be customized with the bridesmaid's name. She also sells groomsmen gifts, custom wooden signs, and other accessories. We recreated her entire navigation, grouping based on the product type, and then including smaller collections underneath that. So her tumblers, for example, these are her best-selling items, and she has a really wide assortment. So we broke them out into skinny tumblers, wine tumblers, printed tumblers. When we first did this, we were initially concerned that it would be overwhelming, but not only did we see a conversion lift, but as I mentioned, we also saw items getting purchased that weren't selling very much before the update. 
Another note about your navigation when you're thinking about should everything be under a shop tab or should my main navigation have my top collections in it? Like I said, it depends a little bit on your assortment, but if you do have a wider assortment, it's better to have that initial navigation be those best-selling categories, those super high-level categories. Don't hide everything under a shop tab. And then my very last note is when you're naming your links, please be clear over clever. You don't want them to be super long, but it should be very clear to the user what they're going to find when they click through to the collection. And side note, this is also good for search engines and SEO because it helps them understand what your site is about and how it's structured. Okay, friend, there you have it. 10 tips to improve your e-commerce website and Instagram profile. I know this episode was a smidge more random than usual, but when I find myself repeating something, I know it needs to be a podcast episode. I'd love to hear what you thought about it. Screenshot you listening to it and share it on your Instagram stories with your favorite tip. And don't forget to tag me at e-commerce badassery. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll see you on the flip side. so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.